Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. You can also get us wherever you get your favorite podcasts. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Rhodes Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Rhodes Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit RhodesScholar.com. So how's Northeast Pennsylvania doing on this Wednesday, September 20th, 2023? 309 here in the studio, 72 degrees and mostly sunny outside. Another gorgeous day here in northeast Pennsylvania. A gorgeous time to be alive. I um, posted something on social media yesterday, and it was, it was quite simple. and said, I, I don't know who needs to hear this, but everything's going to be okay. And the response I got was pretty overwhelming. Not only on the posts itself, on all different platforms on social media, but the private messages I got that, uh, you know, a lot of people really needed to hear that. And just that simple, you know, everything's going to be okay. And once you put things in perspective, um, which we, we often don't do, we often overreact. And, you know, I'm, I fall victim to that just as much. You know, you kind of overreact to little things that you have no, really no control over. And once you break it down, it'll be okay. And, uh, you know, when you look at it at its face value, you know, if you make a mistake, it's going to be okay. You learn from it. If you don't achieve something, it's going to be okay. You try uh, harder, and you do better next time. If you don't get that position or you get something, you don't get something you want, it's okay. Something better will probably come along down the future. And when you break those things down, I mean... It'll be okay. We survive. We get through things. We learn from them. We make ourselves better. That's the whole part of failing is making yourself better for the next time. And uh, oftentimes we are too hard on ourselves. We are too hard on our families. We are too hard on our friends. And we have to understand that it's going to be okay. We'll get through it. Just like this stuff we're, that we're going through now. You know, it's going to be okay. There's ebbs and flows and everything. There's ups and downs. And some people think everything, everything's hunky-dory right now. Some people think it's, uh, you know, we're going downhill. We're nearing the end. It'll be okay. And uh, that's my message for today. It'll be okay. We might have to go through some, uh, some rough seas, but that's the way it is. That's life. Again, it makes us stronger. It makes us harder. It makes us able to bounce back quicker the next time. Because there will be a next time that we have to deal with it again. And that's part of life. Everything's not perfect. Everything's not going to be okay all the time. And it's these smaller things or even the big things that really test us that uh, help us weather the storms down the road. You know, you look at simple things and you look at the bigger things like, like death. You know, there's a reason... You know, we, we connect with our pets so much, and uh, the death of a pet is tragic. Um, being with my chocolate lab after 13 years and, and being with him when we had to let him go, when he got that final shot to put him out of his pain, um, was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. And, and I've dealt with a lot of death in my life. I've seen a lot of it, but this was personal. I've read a lot of stories on that in those fi- final moments of a pet's life when, uh, you know, he's 
reaching that, he or she's reaching the end of that tunnel, you, uh, they look for you. They're scared. And uh, I get that. I get that because we're scared too. We're scared to lose our friend. We're scared to lose part of our family. But I, I thought it would be important. I, I made it where I, it had to be, and my wife, myself, and my daughter, obviously my son and youngest daughter wasn't able to be there. But uh, as hard as it is, it teaches us a lesson. It gives us that example of when it's even more, when it's a family member, when it's your mom, your dad, your brother, your grandparents, God forbid a child. Not that it makes it any easier, but it's a learning step. It's a preparation for that next step. So when we look at the little things, and you put that in perspective, we talked about an extreme there. The little things are, uh, it'll be okay. We'll get through it. And once you put it in that kind of perspective, it, uh, it really does just that, puts it in perspective. I saw a post today that um, a friend posted, and it really connected with me. And they, they said, I'm going to read it for you. When, when, when I was a young teenager, I heard the following mindset. Your average day is split into thirds. Your first third is working. Your second third is sleeping. Your third third is spent doing whatever you want. When you have a job that drains you, it affects all three thirds. You're miserable while you're at work. You don't sleep well at night. And you aren't mentally present for your friends and family. Yet when you have a job that treats you right, you can leave work at work, be present with your loved ones at home, and get yourself a good night's rest to start over the next day. I, uh, and then she goes on to talk about her current job and how much she loves it and everything, and that she missed her first year of marriage, her first year with her child, because she was in a miserable job. And we've talked about that here before. And it, it resonated with me. It's true. If you're in a toxic place, if you're in a bad place, change it. It'll be okay. Look for something better. The statistics are on your side. Someone who leaves their job for another job usually does better and makes more money. So if there's any message today, and again, today Odyssey is uh, doing a whole Odyssey I'm listening tonight after my show. It'll be okay. Their learning experience, see them as that. See them as making yourself better, stronger. Preparation for that next event, because there will be. But there's not much that they can throw at you that you can't overcome. Anyone. So once you put that in perspective and get that mindset, and you can call that mindset whatever you want, the warrior mindset, the never quit mindset, you know, whatever you want to label it as. A perspective mindset. It'll be okay. And again, it was simple as that. A post that kind of stirred a lot. I got a, a few dozen private messages. And, uh, you know, it kind of stirred my thought on that. I'm doing things a little different today. Oh, and before I get to that, uh, let me get to this. WILK no, uh, knows that talk has the power to save lives. Join us for Odysseys. I'm listening. Our national 
annual national conversation about mental health on Wednesday, September 20th from 7 to 9 p.m. For two hours, we will be joined by the biggest names in music, news, and sports. Pop star is actress Selena Gomez, singer-songwriter Ed Sheeran, country artist Jelly Roll, singer and TV talk show host Kelly Clarkson. I'm listening will include a conversation with mental health professionals, including the Surgeon General, the uh, AFSP's chief medical officer. They will share their mental health and suicide prevention expertise and resources, resources to listeners. Find out more at omlistening.org. You are not alone. Join us for I'm Listening Live on WILK News Radio or the Odyssey app again tonight from 7 to 9. Um, we're not going to have a Rob's rundown after this segment. We're going to talk about something else because uh, every once in a while you come across a shining light. We're going to talk about that shining light in the next subject, in the next uh, piece. But I, the reason I don't have a Rob's rundown today is because not only was I watching the judicial hearing with the Attorney General, Merrick Garland. I watched the Lackawanna County um, Commissioner's meeting today. So I was kind of doing my multitasking, which was uh, interesting, to say the least. And I posted a link to the video so you could watch the uh, Commissioner's meeting today. If I can find it here. Here you go. Yeah, I posted it on my Facebook, so follow me at Rob O'Donnell on Facebook, and you can see a link to today's. It's about 45 minutes long. All three commissioners were there, amazingly. A few observations that I have. And again, I was going to talk earlier, and then I decided earlier in the week, Monday, I had how Lackawanna County is prepping a new department to improve residents' health. Lackawanna County is starting its own health department. Now, majority of the funding is coming from the state. There are pros and cons to it. A lot of people say you don't need a redundant service like that. Some people argue against it. I'm not even going to get into that argument. But it's going to be headed by the head of Health and Human Services, uh, Bill Browning, who is also in charge of the Children and Youth Services for Lackawanna County, another disaster. And uh, they had about four motions before the commissioners that had to do with him and his agency both the health department, child services, a bunch of different things that he oversees. And man, if you've ever heard him speak, I've never heard him speak in person. I've read the articles and everything and the other disaster of his leadership with the Office of Children and Youth Services. But man, it doesn't instill confidence to listen to him speak and stumble through something that he should know because he's trying to get hundreds of thousands of dollars in grants and funding and contracts and everything else, but man, just fumbled through it. Didn't didn't instill any confidence in me. But some other things I saw during the meeting is uh, and simple things for the county. Now, mind you, this is a lame duck commissioners. Two of them are not even run, are, are out in twenty twenty four. The third is running again. The extended emergency service tower plowing contract for the two towers. I guess Lackawanna County has two emergency services towers. They they operate their 911 system, you know, the big antennas. For a contract of $600 per plow for plowing the roads and access to these towers. Something that needs to be done, no doubt. But they extended this contract to 2028. Now, mind you. I don't know what the going rate for plowing is. $600 per plow. Now, if it doesn't snow, they don't get paid. But every time they plow, they get $600, this, this company. And, and who the company is is, is, is is not important. 
What stood out to me is here's two commissioners, the majority now, that won't be here in 2024. Their term ends. They're out. They're not even, one's not running, the other one was voted out. They extended this agreement to 2028, tying the hands of whoever the next majority is. I don't know if they could break this agreement. I don't know if they could renegotiate it, but I just, as a resident of Lackawanna County, as a taxpayer, not something I, uh, I like to see. The other thing is they appointed individuals to the Workforce Development Board until 2026. And again, I don't know what the terms are, but if you're going to be out in less than a, a year or about a year, Are you tying the hands of the next majority, whoever the the residents of Lackawanna County choose to put in there? And I don't care who it is, whoever Lackawanna County chooses to put there. Because at this time, there's not a Lackawanna County commissioner running that has earned my vote. But they're tying their hands, not only in this plowing contract, which is simple, like I said, $600 per plow, but to 2028. And I, I put the link to you could watch this meeting like i said it's 45 minutes if you're in lackawanna county i'd give it a, a whirl and it's on youtube so you can kind of fast forward through it with the 10 second forward on it to kind of make your way through it but uh man if uh, that doesn't shake your confidence in the uh, government and, and somebody one of the residents of lackawanna county talked about larger government and in particularly the new health department and such like that and of course the majority said, you know, how, you know, people don't want government till they need government, then they need us. That's their answer to that. Uh, I disagree. I think if you let people do things on their own, they will. They talked about the state not being there during COVID. They talked about private entities not being there during COVID and tried to make it seem like Lackawanna County was the only entity that was there during COVID or other emergencies. Again, I tend to differ. I've lived here for 20 years. But you could look at it and give it yourself uh, an issue because like anything else and how we started, everything's going to be okay. It's 323 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 327, 73 degrees and mostly sunny outside. There's a reason where, well, there's a reason Jake's playing that song. Um... Sherry Pollux, a girlfriend, former girlfriend of NASCAR Martin Truex Jr., has died at age 44 from uh, stage 3 ovarian cancer. And what's interesting about this story and uh, what I talked about earlier about the shining light that does things just because they're good people. Here's someone who actually was a proponent of benefiting support for childhood cancer before she even realized she had childhood cancer. So I'm going to bring in Jake, our resident NASCAR expert who just upon seeing the name knew was pretty much twice as much as I did on it. So I'm going to let him talk on the matter. Yeah, Rob, um, as exciting of a weekend as it was for NASCAR at Bristol Motor Speedway, unfortunately, early Sunday after afternoon, a lot of NASCAR fans, a lot of people in the industry got the news that, that they had been hope, hoping would never come. And that was that Sherry Pollux, after a nine-year battle with stage 3C ovarian cancer, passed away, 44 years old. And Sherry had been 
been a part of the sport for a long, long time. Her father, Greg, used to own a Bush Series team back in the day. And obviously, she met Martin Trex Jr. in 2005. They dated for 18 years before they decided to go their separate ways January of this year. And in 2007, Martin Trex Jr. started his own foundation. And one of the things that he and Sherry focused on was pediatric cancer. And in 2010, they started this, it's almost sort of like a fashion event called Catwalk for a Cause, where you have these children that have cancer and other types of diseases. You, you know, have them walk out on a stage and awesome looking clothes and Martin and Sherry, they would take part in it. Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Amy, Brad Keselowski, so many people, the list goes on and on. And the sad thing is, it was actually this past Wednesday that they were having catwalk for a cause and they said that Sherry could not be in attendance and they wanted everybody to give her a standing ovation. And when you heard that, it sort of gave you a bad feeling right then and there. And in August of 2014, she was diagnosed with stage 3C ovarian cancer, and the doctors told her that she had a 30% chance of making it beyond five years, and I'll be damned, she fought for nine years. But even in her battle, even in her battle with ovarian cancer, she lived every day to the fullest. She enjoyed life. And Dale Earnhardt Jr., obviously, with, with Martin being his original protege, he and Amy knew Sherry so well. And he said that on his podcast yesterday. He said, she lived life like the song Live Like You Were Dying by Tim McGraw. And, God, I'm trying not to get get emotional here. And in 2016, she started her own foundation, Sherry Strong. And it focused a lot on having women aware of those symptoms that bring on ovarian cancer. And, I mean, just... the. And the, the sad thing is, Rob, so the first time she was diagnosed in 2014, I think it was 2015, 2016, the cancer went into remission. Then 2017, it came back. And lo and behold, that same year, Martin Trex Jr. would go on to win the championship. And that night, they talked about, you know, how he won that championship for Sherry. And, you know, she, the, the two of them pushed each other to overcome whatever obstacles they had and yeah, be the best they be the best they could and unfortunately i think the cancer returned at least one or two more times and by the summer of 2022 it had spread to her lungs and sadly the, there was nothing else there was nothing else that that could possibly be done i know that she tried a, a whole bunch of different different treatments and whatnot holistic treatments and sadly it it I guess it was just her, her time for God to call her home. Yeah, she was called. And uh, you brought up a point that well, this, yeah. this is Ovarian Cancer Month, September. Ovarian Cancer Awareness Month, just like that. And, I, and the color for Ovarian Cancer Awareness Month is teal. And I, I still remember how a lot of those drivers, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. especially, with how close of a friend, with how close of a friend he was with Sherry, I still remember the teal gloves and the, te the teal steering wheel that he would have and how all, all these drivers would have them, and then it would be auctioned off, and the proceeds would go to the Martin Truex Jr. Foundation or to Sherry Strong. And, and she said, 
I heard her in a podcast one time. She said when she would wake up at the beginning of the day, she would take a moment to think to herself about five things that she was most grateful for. And whether that would have been Martin, whether that would have been their house, whether it would just would have been the day itself. And she said, as soon as, as soon as she could gather those thoughts and everything, then she could go about and have her day started. And yeah, it, it was, it's, it's a great way tragic. to live. We can all learn from that. Yeah, it's a tragic loss. And, yeah. and I remember she was the grand marshal for the night race at Bristol two years ago, ovarian cancer awareness month. And here we, almost two years later to the day she's gone and Texas motor speedway is this Sunday. I haven't heard anything yet, but no doubt in my mind there, there definitely will be a moment of silence for Sherry. And it was just last year in this race that she got to be the honorary pace car driver. So my heart goes out to Sherry's family and also to Martin as well. And to so many people, I mean, she, she touched so many lives not just in NASCAR, but in the world itself. She always had, a, always had a smile, always had a positive attitude, even though she had her own battle for nine years. So Yeah, I read the statements from both Dale and Amy. I saw Martin's statement, and, and again, you just look at the, the philanthropy and history of this, yeah. of this young woman, 44 years old, um, and all she did before she had cancer, for cancer, and then while she had it, and I'm sure in her memory, you know, the awareness that will be brought for this being it's September Ovarian Cancer Awareness Month. She, she fought a great fight. She did. Well, I appreciate you giving your expertise and knowledge on the, the topic, Jake. It is uh, 3.34 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. It is 340, 73 degrees and mostly sunny. You know, with everything going on in Washington, or not going on, I should say, um, a lot of nonsense today. Senator Tuberville, who is holding up the confirmations of over 200 military leaders in different positions, anything over the rank of 06 would be a ca- above captain, any admiral, any general. Um, their change in assignments need to be confirmed by their new positions need to be confirmed by the Senate. And they're being held up by Senator Tuberville because he disagrees with a policy where the Department of Defense pays for transportation for military members to travel to get abortions and such like that. He says military uh, funding, government funding should not be used for that. So he, he's drawn a line in the sand and he's not allowing what they call a, um, a, vo- a voice vote where they basically bring all these nominations to the floor and it's just a yes or no up and down vote for everybody. He now says he's going to use a procedural method to bring individual admirals and generals for a confirmation hearing and a vote, a regular Senate vote, which is allowed, but Senator Schumer has not allowed that. And now Senator Schumer's on uh, social media saying that he's trying to circumvent the system by using this procedural vote. No, it's it's a called a procedural vote for a reason. He's not circumventing the system. And if you are in such desperate need of these military leaders in their new positions, and a lot of them we do need, why are you against bringing them individually to the floor to question each one in front of the American public, to debate the merits of each one, in front of the Senate, on the floor of the Senate, and vote. So that's that stalemate there. 
you have everything else going on. Merrick Garland was at the House Judicial Committee hearing, Judicial Committee hearing, and um, that was about as expected. You had Democrats showing, uh, you know, comments of support, and you had the Republicans grilling him on all different types of topics, and you had the Democrats supporting him on things that had nothing to do with that specific hearing to begin with. But the news of the day, and if you look at social media, is our own Senator John Fetterman presiding over the Senate today in a short sleeve shirt and presumably shorts, they said. You know, in this new waving of the dress code. This is what our government has resulted to. They're, they, they don't, they're not serious about doing real work that affects us. This is what they want, distractions. They want these topics that take over the 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 day, the media cycles, so we're not asking real questions about things like immigration policy. You know, you, you had a, I got a clip from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez that I might play during the show where she, she says the quiet part out loud, what her goal is with these illegal migrants that are all over the country. She talks about the, the rally she had that she got shouted down at with other Congress people, members of Congress in New York, but she says exactly what she wants, and it's uh, work visa, work permits, and a path to citizenship for all that are here, and be more welcoming to more that want to come. Well, she's a congressman. Where is your legislation, Miss Congressman, to change our immigration system? Where's your plan? Where's your proposal? You talk a lot. It's funny how you cry at the border dressed all in white for kids in cages that really never existed at that time, for cages that were built during a prior administration. But now there's literally families in cages. We've seen pictures of them this whole week. And nothing. Crickets. You'll go to New York and say, well, if we only gave them all work permits, and then they had a whole talk about how there's job shortages all across America. Well, all I keep hearing is that the jobs are doing great all across America from the administration. So which is it? And, and I'll give her credit. She does throw Joe Biden under the bus saying he's giving nothing but lip service. But she is also because she's not introduced legislation to revamp our immigration system, which would be comical if she did. But because I don't think she's got the skill set to write such a legislation. But nonetheless, you talk about a solution for a problem that you've not written down a solution for. You talk about, let's solve these problems, but you've provided no solution. You've thrown talking points out that are unrealistic and too costly for the American population. It's 345 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. A little time before the Bloomberg Money Minute. And it's okay. I just have a little story here. Three have been charged for breaking into the Dixon City Police impound lot. And uh, not only were they arrested for breaking into the impound lot, but uh, one of them was wanted in Scranton also. So when his picture hit the newspaper for breaking into the impound lot, um, they said, that's the guy that we're looking for. So now, thankfully, he's in custody, now facing charges in both Dixon City and the city of Scranton. So uh, check one for the good guys. Another bad guy down the drain, or this guy, in this case, two bad guys, one bad girl, who, uh, again, were trying to break into the borough of Dixon City's uh, police impound lot on uh, 
at Johnson's Towing in Scranton Carpendale Highway. They're not bright, are they? It's uh, 3.50 here at WILK. It's time for the Bloomberg Money Minute. We'll be back. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. It is 3.54, 74 degrees and mostly sunny out there. Found this story interesting. Disney's uh, potential ABC sale could have major ramifications for network's news division, high-paid anchors. Uh, Disney insists it's not selling ABC at this time. Disney insisted it's not selling ABC at this time last week amid ongoing speculation, but the company admitted it's open to a variety of strategic options for the network and the sale could have major ramifications for ABC News. Disney's statement followed a Bloomberg report that found the media giant had exploratory talks with TV station operator Nexstar Media about possibly selling off ABC. Media mogul and stand-up comic Byron Allen also made a massive offer to buy ABC. Allen Media Group confirmed late last week. Once news of the potential sale began to make uh, headlines, ABC News staffers quickly expressed concern to liberal media allies. CNN Media Newsletter on late last week was labeled anxiety at ABC and quoted staffers who said everyone is freaking the F out and it's all anyone at work is talking about. In July, Disney CEO Bob Iger hinted that ABC may not be core to the business. But he has also said that he's ridiculously passionate about news. Bankers have suggested Iger would be better off selling ABC, as the Walt Disney Company would be extremely attractive as purely an intellectual property company. Many industry insiders and watchdogs alike have uh, insisted network TV news is becoming obsolete for years. But ABC's newscast still draws serviceable audiences able to turning a profit, able to turn a profit. Good Morning America has been averaging nearly 3 million viewers each morning and World News Tonight is typically the most watched newscast on broadcast TV. There's the key word there, on broadcast TV. Not many people are watching broadcast TV anymore. It's all cable and internet-based. Anchors Robin Roberts, George Stephanopoulos, Michael Strahan, and David Muir are paid handsomely. And a new owner without Disney's deep pockets might not be willing to shell out eight-figure salaries to talent. Eight figures? In July, Puck Hollywood reporter Matthew Bellini discussed how Disney could cut costs on his podcast, The Town. Suggested TV networks that are clearly declining, yet still turning a profit, could be viewed similarly to a way investors look at newspapers in recent years. They're basically the new newspapers. When all these private equity firms came in and bought newspapers because they recognized that maybe you don't have to pay on the anchors of Good Morning America a combined $75 million a year to anchor a morning TV show, those ratings are probably not going to go up a whole lot more in a new environment. I think uh, we've seen that firsthand here with our newspapers in Northeast Pennsylvania, especially when it comes to equity companies who look at profit first, not getting you the news, not doing local reporting or anything like that, which is why we're going to be uh, more important here at WILK News Radio as we talk about things.
Uh, maybe you fire them or you let their contracts expire and bring in cheaper anchors, he continued. Uh, you can make the extra money there. Those are the things that some kind of private equity owner or some kind of value owner would do at ABC. Again, that's what we're afraid of here. There's a lot of people who depend on our, our newspapers here. And is that far away from our our news, our local news here on TV, our our network news? Hopefully not, because they are an asset to our area. They do report locally. They live locally. They are concerned with local issues. But we'll see. Looking through more of this article. And again, Disney at this time is denying that they're looking to sell, but they did put feelers out. So what do they expect when uh, what do they expect when they do that? You're going to turn your workforce into panic, which they have. Are people going to start looking to jump ship because there is that possibility? And then what? Are, are these things leaked for a reason? They could be. Disney pushed back on claims that the decision to sell ABC has been reached in a statement posted on their website. While we are open to considering a variety of strategic options for our linear businesses, the company wrote, at this time, Walt Disney Company has made no decisions with respect to the divesture of ABC or any other property, and the report to the effect is unfounded. Okay, so they're not doing it now, but they've made strategic uh, Options for their linear businesses. Interesting. Four o'clock here on WILK News Radio. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after the top of the hour.